Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to discuss the topic of, of understanding the ego. But Which before is very we get little that, understood, <coughs> all things considered. Let go of my ego. And that will be later on, a game we will play. Uh, today in Mayan is... 5X, and X is the jaguar priest priestess of the tribe. And it is, um, what were you going to say? Did oh, it has a great deal to do with uh, knowledge, information. Yeah, and, and the priests of the tribe would be the delegators of the information. And Tay is taking command of, of the information, of the spiritual information, and how to delegate it, because it's guided by the wind, which is communication. It's a very interesting one. I empower in order to enchant commanding receptivity, <coughs> which is uh, basically the approach of any advertisement you've ever heard, mm -hmm. interestingly enough. So with the language codes, you cannot be put to sleep by advertising, you know, once you're aware of the it's technique true. of guilt that uh, these things employ. Mm, that's very true. Well, the idea of the ego, one, one thing, just to get the conversation started, I've heard a lot of people talk about the ego and that it's really a conquering of it. It's get it into submission in order to ascend into your spirituality. But the ego is something very necessary in 3D. It really is our interface here in physical reality. And for us to just trash it and throw it away, seems like I'm taking my, what are those, Sherpas? Is that what they're called, going uh, yeah, as you go Sherpa up the mountain? Guide. It's like taking my Sherpa and, and saying, get out of here. I don't like you. Uh, you're not uh, a guide in all the realms, so I'm going to discard you. Our ego really is designed to show us around this reality and allow us to survive. If you look at evolution over millions, perhaps billions of years, we had to have some element of self-importance in order to keep ourselves alive. And so it's a very useful thing. The trick is to know when to leave that here or when to set it down when we walk into more ascended realms and when to take it with us. It's like you don't take your raincoat on a sunny day. So it's a matter of loving every aspect of us and then picking the tool that's right for you that day. Well, the job of the ego is to create separation. That's what it does. And so that is necessary for evolution to occur. So that's what's very, very positive about the ego. What does not serve us about the ego is that it is totally taken over. It puts us to sleep on a regular basis. The ego is um, constantly creating suffering constantly dragging us into the past or the future, so long as it's um, the ascension, the understanding of the ego is the place at which we can um, no longer, where we can evolve without having uh, to be separate from people, where we can as a group evolve, where we can set down this um, tool. Um, it's one tool but it's not the only tool. But as far as the ego is concerned, it is indeed the only tool. Well, and this is exciting because we, we definitely have different points of view here. So I think yeah. we're going to be able to speak to a full 360 degree uh, point perspective on this idea of ego. 
I feel what people think of as the ego, this negative quote-unquote thing, is really fear mixed with ego. Now let's say our ego is responsible for keeping us alive. If we become invisible to the tribe that we live within, then we may not get fed. Okay, so its job is to make us known so that we can be taken care of. If you infuse that with fear, then it starts becoming its only focus because it's all tied to survival. And one of the things that I'm noticing more and more with people, particularly with this idea that everybody has to manifest all this wealth in order to be successful spiritually, is everyone starts getting very afraid of being in the background. And so the ego is really, in that context, is just a fear of being in the background. And if you think about it, that's what we get into fights with other countries about. That's what we get in fights at work with because so-and-so is getting a promotion and we're not. And it's the same dynamic that we have at home with our siblings and the rivalry there. We are afraid of not being seen. And I feel if we conquer our fear of not being seen, everything will come into alignment. Well, all fear is the fear of separation. So, mm -hmm. and that, see, see what a bind that is. All fear is the fear of separation. And it is the job of the ego to keep everything separate. So fear and ego are more or less synonyms. As long as the ego is what's running us instead of consciousness, instead of awareness, instead of being, instead of a higher perspective, as long as it's the ego, it will constantly have to be war and opposition and... Well, let me ask so you one thing before we move on to that. What if the ego is also, its job is to make us not separate, but it is infused with fear? Well, I'm saying fear and separation are synonyms. So as long as the ego is running things, we are in a constant state of fear, a constant state of lack. Um, you saw the ad where the, the daughters there running around in a circle and the, and the guy across the street gets a 4D TV and the guy goes, oh my God, I am such an idiot. And the daughter goes, Ouch. idiot, 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 for, for you know, not having the 4D TV, which doesn't actually exist. You know, this is just to get you to be totally trash about whatever it is you just bought. As soon as you've bought a car, there's another car that's better. It doesn't matter what you do. The minute you've done it, something else is better. That's the ego functioning. That's, that's fear. That, yeah. And also I'm saying it's the ego because the ego always has to be better. And so it is so easy to take someone in based on their ego. All you have to talk to them about is how something is better and they will immediately presume that they are not. Yeah, this is the way this whole thing works. Hmm. So getting around the ego, not being driven by it, not having it running us, not having it be in charge, is to, well, let me use the word relax. Let me use the word be. Let me, well, that was a good word. The idea of not being the chattering monkey mind, but indeed being consciousness. So once you can arrive at consciousness, you can realize the ego is a tool Yes, okay, it is one tool. It is not the only tool, but the base of the ego is that it is the only tool. What, the only thing that matters is your status. The only thing that matters is getting ahead. I think we're just de describing two different things, so let's stick with your definition for now. Okay. okay, so as long as this drive is what's driving us, war cannot be done away with. Um, 
uh, insanity of marketing cannot be done away with. Uh, because, this yeah. whole e team spirit can't be done away with. This whole, now, if everybody just chilled and everybody agreed to just be, okay, you couldn't sell anything to anyone. Why would I have, that doesn't interest me. I, I, I have one that works. Or not only don't I want one, I don't have any requirement of it because I'm happy just being who I am. You know, there's the idea that whatever it is you do, it cannot exceed what you already are, which is a divine being of um, inexpressibly large consciousness. That's who we are. But the ego has this pounded down into this earth well, image that wears clothes and goes out and hunts and gathers. Well, I, I think and our identity, and, and I, we're probably getting down to semantics now, we, we do have an identity. And yes. the identity is coded with things that we have to um, attract to us so, so we think in order to survive. And it has yeah. been that way for eons. Right. What I am hearing, what you're describing, I would personally call, and, and you're entitled to call it the ego, and that's fine by me and I whatever. I don't have its, it's phone just, number. Pardon? I call it, but I don't have its phone number. Here, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for Thank you. you. And I'm glad you, you said that the ego was a he. That was very good to hear That's you admit cute. that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now let me get back to my train of thought. Don't derail me, please. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, the idea, what I feel you're talking about is our fear, our fears. We get things because we're afraid. And what that's revealing to us is we have this whole window, this whole opening in our field where we are afraid. We are afraid because we feel we live in an unsafe universe yeah, and that we're yeah. right on the verge of falling off a cliff at every moment. Mm -hmm. Now that makes us manipulatable and it looks like, oh, the ego is forcing this condition upon the, on us. But I feel that the ego, which is our will to live, our drive to survive in this reality, is of divine origin. Like everything in the safe universe, everything is on your side. So if you're sitting there hating a part of you you call the ego, you are separating yourself from yourself. And ultimately, aren't we looking to become unified within ourselves? So we have to love all parts of us, even this perceived ego. Okay, with that being said, with fear, now fear can animate any aspect of us. And that's when we start getting into what I feel people interpret as the ego. Now let me give you an example. Because our culture, our society right now is so hot-wired to be angst-ridden and everybody feeling like they're getting ready to get laid off and many people are and all the work getting piled onto one person so they're doing three times the amount of work and it's really too much. It's causing people to have, like at being at their wit's end and we have all this fear stuff out there everybody's egos take over in order to help them survive. It's like somebody, that Japanese soldier on the island for 25 years still thinking the war is on. And so it's out there fighting this war because it's just doing what our feelings are telling it to do. So we have power over the ego in that way and that is to feel safe and then it doesn't have to compete anymore. Now there is this enormous divine self the idea of being, the idea of consciousness, um, which is very separate from the brain, actually, very separate from the, you know, the brain's way down over there going, 
That's the brain's basic job. Okay. And it does then, lots of wonderful things, too. And yes, it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. What I'm saying is it is one thing, and that one thing is driving us, has taken us all over. There, um, we go to great extremes to get into a state of meditation that would allow us for just a moment to access the idea that we are this being, uh, but we, and we're just driven to be a doing, a human doing, as the old expression goes at this point. I remember when that was a new expression, human being or human doing, choose one. We're getting old. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it was. Uh, I know. And the origin of it. So the idea of the, um, the divine self, okay, that is still connected to the all, okay, the being, and the differentiated egoistic mind that is never going to be happy, never, you know how you can get the best thing there is and that, that thrill, that joy, that moment of satisfaction lasts less than a nanosecond. I mean, gone, like that. There it is, per, uh, the latest thing worth nothing. The grandest thing worth nothing. Just a moment later, and that is the ego, and this is what we don't have to do. We don't have to give up our satisfaction instantaneously. We can exist in a place where we are happy with things. Okay. Believe it or not, we can be happy people. Okay, I agree. And uh, I would yes. say that the ego is just an operating system with which our beliefs become software that run on it. And that therein lies our power, not in conquering anything. Anything that you resist will persist. Anything that you fight will pursue you because everything seeks love and integration. If there is a part of you you hate, whether you call it your ego or you call it your mother-in-law or whatever you call it, it's going to be there. It's going to be something that you're going to deal with. We have to love all parts of us. And it is my belief, and I recognize that it's my belief and that your belief is your belief, but it gives people different points of view that yeah. all parts of us are lovable. And if you program, just one sec, if you program anything with fear, it's going to act out fear. If you program it with love, then it becomes that tool uh, with which what it is. And, and there's no part of us that's going to be the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and starts acting out against us in any way. Every part of us is looking to be loved and to be heard. And if you clear the emotion and the, and the fearful programming, it will all come back into oneness, so just like in Buddhism, becoming one with yourself. Yeah, but we have a so, caller. So the ego is one thing. I'm just saying it's one thing. I'm okay. not saying to hate it or oppose it. Okay. I'm saying that it is one. Now let's look at other things besides that. Well, we're understanding And the difference the ego between right fear and information is the consciousness I agree. of the perceiving agent there. That, there's no dis disagreement. Yeah, we'll take so the call. And get hi, back caller. What's your name, please? Kevin here. Hey, guys. Kevin, how hey. are you doing? Hey, Kevin. All right. How are we doing? Yep. I love talk about the ego. <laughs> Absolutely. Let go of my ego. Yes. Yeah. You know, I look at the ego, in my opinion, and as I perceive other people, as really just a tool to help produce something that helps us feel valid. Yeah. And that, you know, we make this valid thing as like going and shopping and that you buy this thing that you feel really great about and then in a day you have a remorse. It's like, why did I buy that? Exactly. 
So my my thing is, it's like you know, the ego is necessary because it helps us really go through maybe a transition or a metamorphosis mm -hmm. to yep. where we break out of the chrysalis for a little bit, and then we're like, oh my God, why was I there? So I I my opinion is is that the ego is necessary for breakthroughs. We hate the breakthroughs, but we are thankful also for the breakthroughs as well because they help us. I guess learn how not to be and how to now to be going forward kind of stuff. It's like mm -hmm. the ego; it has to. We have to be kin and friend with it, but it also has to be like an enemy to us. It's almost like a spouse. In it's a way definitely two edged. Yeah. So, you guys are. Well, on. thank you. Yeah. Well, All thanks, right. Kevin. Love your point of view. Okay. Thanks so thank much you. for calling in. That's All that's right. great. Wonderful. Yeah, excellent. Kevin, okay. thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you and. We love calls into the show. They, they are greatly well, helpful. Also, a, a, there are a lot of different perspectives that we have on ego and different people's points of views. What we traditionally think of as an ego is somebody thinking that they're better than someone else. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, when you pan up and you really look at that, the person doesn't believe they're better than anyone else because they wouldn't be believing they're better than anyone else if they really felt that. It's a fear that they're not better than anyone else that causes them to do that. And so that, again, is bringing, just, the, just from my point of view, that the ego really doesn't exist, that it is latching on to a part of our evolutionary self that is responsible for keeping us surviving in this physical reality. And it is fear infused with that component with this. If you take the fear out of the equation, it no longer becomes panic-stricken to get its validity through physical reality. If you validate your own ego, it never has to seek it from outside of you. But it's something in our religion has taught us since Atzib that we are not lovable and that we have to seek forgiveness for something that we really haven't done and maybe at best we'll get forgiven. And so that maybe that's the birth of the ego is our religious births. Well, the ego does a very good job and we're saying that there's positive and negative to the ego and I just want to talk about and we understand positive and negative. Desirable, uh, undesirable? Would that serves be and does not serve. What does not serve about the ego is its tendency to uh, drag us into the past for the sake of an identity. In other words, if we're always having some disaster chew on our foot, okay, then that becomes, um, our ego gets invested in that and then uh, the, the bite taken out of my mm -hmm. foot's bigger than the bite taken out of your foot and this takes this whole thing down in the merry spiral just plain down into the so the the past is very likely to have been corrupted by this identity form which is what the ego does it creates an identity and so if uh, you know when we hang on to that horrible thing that happened in second grade and then we get another phone call and answer the other phone call hi caller what's your name please Hi, this is Neha calling. Hi, Neha. Good to How hear from you. Yeah. Thank you. How are you guys? Great. Better Thanks. and better. Excellent. This is a, a wonderful topic. We could probably talk about it all night. Um, mm -hmm. I was, Absolutely. I'm curious to know uh, your thoughts on the relationship of ego to consciousness, how consciousness and ego relate to each other, and um, sort of, you know, just wanted to share what my thoughts are at this point that... Um, if we are, you know, in, if we are essentially spirit, 
then the ego is sort of a necessary part of incarnating. You know, and you can put, um, include the idea that we have a body and then we have a need to feed and we have ourselves and protect ourselves and mm -hmm. survive. Uh, and then, you know, uh, all the psychological aspects of survival, meaning to be seen, to be recognized and all praised or whatnot. But then there, essentially we are spirit and um, how, do, how does that re relate? I mean, can the ego expand or rid itself of fear of, uh, of death or fear of being uh, not seen? And then while you're alive in the, in the body, can your ego expand to the level of a more higher consciousness where the ego really doesn't have very many sharp edges? Yes. If that makes any sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. And I believe, yes. I believe the only reason we, it's like the ego, what we're calling the ego, is this dumping ground of fear and, and lack of belief in ourself. And it all starts with the fundamental choice. Am I safe within the universe or do I live in a safe universe? The ego is responsible for keeping us safe in an unsafe universe. And so it does fearful things. It holds on to fear. It, it latches on in order to keep us safe. If we make the choice that we live in a safe universe, then the ego has no point to be afraid. So it doesn't have to take things that don't belong to it. It doesn't have to get, grasp things that it doesn't require for its existence or pleasure. And it doesn't engage in those sorts of things. Now look, if you're at work, and your boss is very fair with everybody, and everybody gets their raises in due order, and everybody works hard, and they're supportive of each other, there's very little backstabbing, right? There's very little people taking your work and presenting it to the boss as their own work. It doesn't happen. But if you create a workspace where everybody is struggling and fighting to get the boss's ear, they're going to start stepping on each other. And I mean, you can even see this as an example if you put animals in a cage how they start doing that. It really isn't the ego that's the bad guy, it's fear. Here's my brain and here's my brain on fear. Here's my ego and here's my ego on fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really the fear. Go ahead, I know you have a lot to say. Oh, always. Um, consciousness, now I don't know how many of us have actually experienced consciousness. But the ego chatter, the idea I have to get ahead of that entire nonsense of the ego eating everything that gets anywhere near it, where you have to sign your underwear when you go to summer camp, you know, this entire concept of me separate from everything, okay, that's not <laughs> I like consciousness. To sign my underwear. That is more or less the opposite of consciousness. When you are consciousness, there, uh, and that's well put, when you are consciousness, there isn't any of that. You are there in a isn't state any fear. Of, if I may continue, there isn't that being divided that way. When you are conscious, everything just is. There's, there's not the possibility of anything really being upsetting. Uh, Eckhart Tolle was talking about the idea that um, whatever it is that you do, that cannot be greater than what it is you already are. Right. Which is this great consciousness. Now, the great consciousness, very few of us ever experience. And if we do experience it, it's only for a moment. And then if we get it even for that one moment, then we seek to become conscious, but we have no clue as to how or any method by which to get there other than to just see the, the brain 
over there chattering and once you see your brain over there chattering suddenly you're conscious because the brains and the brain and the ego are just making that noise over there which doesn't really have to command your attention and you can just be well let me so the idea of just being it would be the state of meditation which adults when you're a young child um, meditation is driven out of you where, when someone beats you with the word daydreaming and if that beating you with the word daydreaming doesn't work they write it on your report card and send it home with you so your parents and then you're facing 24 7 of adults keeping you from meditating and you didn't even know what adults. meditating was to begin with and the idea of of we as adult human beings just going ah well that all this doesn't matter let's say the ego is afraid of I, I feel that the ego is afraid of becoming separate but let's just for a moment assume that we're all one thing and there's a part of us that's focused in physical reality otherwise frankly we would all just ascend out of our bodies and we would never be here so let's say the ego is the part of us that has forgotten obviously there is a purpose for that it's not some accidental piece that was left over that somebody just threw into these bodies and said oh, okay you just deal with it what happens as we the ego can take us down hallways of lessons of fear where we really examine ourselves. And when we confront that fear, we, we move past it. And then we get into the next concentric ring and the next one. And as we conquer the puzzles that the ego leaves in physical dimension, we become united with that larger, vaster self. When I was a kid, I was afraid of, uh, I don't know, I was afraid of something. And I, it came at me and it came at me until one day I was no longer afraid of it. And I went through what we call ego games in order to escape it. And then one day I send it above it. And that part of that ego, not, no longer separated by fear from my totality, merged back. And I no longer have that part that reacts to that. That's why I feel it is so important for us to do our healing of our fears, our guilts, our doubts about ourselves. And that's how we get reunited with our vastness. And that's, that's in and of itself many, many shows, not just one. The techniques that's, by which we yeah. release ourselves from yeah. this prison that between the brain and the ego, we exist a, a life in a prison where everything matters when the truth of the matter is that nothing actually matters. When, it get, when we get to the point that we can be free from this, when we get to the point that we are being, when we get to the point that we are conscious, all of the little games played down here are not really interesting or on our side. When I got hit in the head with the bullet, I was suddenly so totally free of everything that I couldn't even be interested enough to be on Earth, that I got just teleported straight up. So well, that was an incredible consciousness to have perceived, and I know well, our I think, callers well, still. Just one other thing, yeah. because I, I've had a death experience as well. It wasn't oh, as yeah, dramatic, I didn't get shot, but I had a different feeling, and, and, and this is what has been shown me. We all have like unique experiences, and it depends on what we sure. come here, and what I felt was this great love, and there's this sacredness in everything, and there's no part of us, and there's no part of reality or part of our existence that is lesser than any other part. And it's the belief that there are lesser parts of us that create this belief that there are lesser people in our world. And the moment we accept every part of us, even our perceived flaws, 
it, we will never get elevated and united with the part of us that remembers everything. It, it will always have that tangle to deal with. It, that's my view. Now, that's not yeah, your truth. It is my truth. Yeah, I another facet of that, mm -hmm. which is that at uh, death, and people who seem to still be so afraid of death, which seems unnecessary, but that is the point at which you go back to not exactly the vastness because you've had the individual experiencing of assorted lifetimes. So between lifetimes, you go to this place where you are so much more vast than we are down here. I have we memories agreed, between lives. Yeah, we have, so we agreed to this, this set of blinders to incarnate here on the planet exactly. Earth in order to be separate. So how can in we order hate to the have blinders, an ego. Exactly. In order to have an ego, in order to play these games so that there is a movement, so that there is exactly my point occurring. Yeah, mine also. So that the, um, the ego in one way serves us, in another way it just seems to be this uh, ridiculous games played of uh, I'm better than, I'm this, I'm that, instead of um, simply I am, as long as you're going to ascribe an identity after you say I am, then, well, I, I think then you're it's, right uh, back in the game. Well, right yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think it's more accurate in my, my worldview. And this is what's so great to have different points of view. Yeah. Because remember, every point of view is just a different vision of the cup. I see the handle on the right. You're going to see it on the left. You may not see it at all over there. But if we put all of our stories together, we start having a larger truth. And the more truths you can hold within yourself, the bigger you become. And I yeah. feel that, that, okay, go ahead. Well, there's a point of satisfaction. I mean, there's an infinite number of stories, and there's a place at which you can be satisfied. You know, and that's what the ego will prevent systematically, which is in a way good because it'll, it'll cause you to be driven it seeks forward. It seeks satisfaction and in a way without we're, we're allowing allowed itself to, be, to have it. And we're not allowed to be happy. We're never allowed Life, to be satisfied. Life, liberty, and the pursuit for, of happiness. Yeah, but not happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that is very much an ego-driven statement. And that's a program that yeah. it can pursue happiness, but it cannot find it. Yeah. It can look for it, but it doesn't deserve it. And that is exactly the misery that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The ego is not wanting to flee from unity. It wants it, but it believes it doesn't deserve it. Whether it's in our mass subconscious mind or it's in the, the belief systems that it got as it was growing up. Mm -hmm. When we believe that we live in a safe universe and that all parts of us are lovable, we then become all deserving. And so we don't have to go prove our deservability to anybody. The things that we talk about egoistic people, they're tr attempting to prove their validity to something. And they're not looking to prove it to you or me or their boss. They're looking to prove it to themselves via the reaction of their boss. So if you go directly and prove your validity to yourself, then you don't seek it in the eyes of others. Yeah, and that state is being. It is simply being. I agree. You don't have to you, do anything. Right. You just are, and that is a place that very few of us ever get to, and if we do get there, it's only for a moment, and then we are yanked right back into the game. So if we are to successfully integrate the ego into the higher levels of awareness, it cannot be in charge. It has to be something that keeps us in the game but not something that rules. And right now in our current society, ego rules. 
It is it. Fear rules. Same thing. Ego, uh, being in the past rules. Being in the future rules. All of these things, but not okay. being. I got this you. Is, I got you. I'm not, I'm not arguing yeah. with you about that. I understand. So what can we do to I'll be? tell you what we can do. First thing, those who choose to do this, take your ego, hold it in your arms, look it in the face, and say, I love you. Welcome to the world. I am so glad you're here. And you just love it. Yeah. And you just sit and you are. And put every part of you you feel is not lovable, every part of you that's not tall enough, short enough, fat enough, skinny enough, beautiful enough, uh, smart enough, whatever that is, and you put it in this beloved child that is part of you and you say I love you unconditionally as you are I don't care I am going to look after you with this larger self you are safe I love you unconditionally and that is how you get to beingness as long as a part of you is terrified it's gonna go running I remember my son wrote a, a ghost story when he was like in third grade he had to write for school and he said and the guy was running and something came and he goes and he was so scared he ran in all directions at once and you know how that feels like your mind you're running in all directions at once well when you feel safe you don't run anymore and to you actually have to be safe, be safe and then to actually run. never even have to use the word never even to think about the word safe is being is this I'm giving a route of, to that yeah okay I'm just saying that's what I, happens I agree with you, yeah, the being that but unless so, people get away pointed how mm -hmm. to be in the beingness we can order them to be in the beingness I'm not saying you are I'm saying someone could order them to be in the beingness you will be but I think that it's pretty cool to go to France and lead people over into Italy too yeah okay so that's wrong I don't know I wasn't I don't know exactly. Italy sounds interesting. France sounds interesting. Oh, come on. It was an example. Yeah, it yeah. It wasn't really Italy. Italy and France. Okay. All right. So. Okay. Well, I would like to talk um, to not look at your ego as an enemy. Okay. I would, I would present that. And I would also present the idea if you choose to look at it as an enemy, and then report back and see which you gain more ground with. Well, enemy is the inner, inner me. me. Yeah, so the ego is yeah. a part of us. And my point is that the ego is running things and it doesn't have the capacity to do it because the result of it is that you are constantly miserable. You can get the finest blah, 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 and a nanosecond later, you are not satisfied anymore. And that's the byproduct of the ego the way it is now. It is just creating competition and fear and want and all these other ridiculous things. I, I and agree. to overcome that, to that. get to the point, is to enter a state where everything is simply okay and whatever it is that's frightening is simultaneously not interesting. Mm -hmm. Just nothing I, I would attract, nothing I would resist just not interesting. I'm not investing any photons in it. And so uh, characteristically, these things that get us so upset always have to do with the sense of a separated self. So we can at the same time be integrated throughout and also separated as individuals 
without this being something that is a driven thing when we get to the ascended version of all this. I agree. It's simply um, the idea that I have, I'm an individual and I'm also part of the community, part of the planet, part of the galaxy. Well, as soon but as at it, the same time, me. Yeah, well, as soon as it's safe for you to be whatever you are, we won't be seeking anything. And once we are not seeking, yeah, but think it about is safe, the brain. But it's inherently safe. Well, you have to know that. That's the whole well, point. Well, that's what we would show people. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole point. So it's safe. As long as there is a part of you that has fear. That's why it's important to work on your fears, your doubts, your worries, your guilts, which is what we've been teaching on the show for 12 years almost. Yeah. It's about really looking at well, those areas that you're judging yourself and love it. And it's important to, um, one thing I, I really wish to talk about on this idea of ego and what we think of ego. Let me do one it, before we get too far along. Just fear, doubt, worry, and guilt all have the same definition. And fear. That, and that definition is I can't handle it if, which is full of defective words. So certainly we can handle it. And that's that idea of beingness as opposed to um, this concept that that we won't be good enough or whatever the rest of the ego okay, would well, like to add into all that right, well, let me, particular let, concept. So go ahead. If, if I may, I, I would like to do this. One of our greatest fears is that we're not good enough, that we're not going to stand out, that we're not going to be the A student, that we're going to be the C student. We're not the worst. We're not the best. We're the middle child. We're the person that's never going to do anything great like Albert Einstein or Mozart, that our life is just sentenced to this constant seeking of our greatness. I hear a lot of people say, what am I to do? I, I feel like my soul is looking for some kind of mission to be on so it can find fulfillment. But it's really the fulfillment that brings these externalized things. And so I'd like everybody to think about never being successful, whatever you term that as. Uh, getting that promotion, getting elected to office. What if you, and, and I've said this for many years, what if you're just sitting on a log in the forest staring out to a, at a tree? Or what if you're in a lab curing cancer? What if you could love yourself just as much sitting on that log in the forest? And I feel that it's our fear of not being visible, not being good enough to ourselves that drives us through all this. So let's just think of that and say, and if you choose, do some tapping along with me. Even if that's all I ever am, what I am right now, I love and accept myself. Even if I will never be anything else, even if I never get an award or a promotion or be recognized, even if I'm never the best at anything, the greatest teacher and leader, with my own books, my own movies, writing my own songs, famous artist, discovering cancer, cure, even if I'm never any of these things, I love, accept, and forgive myself. And I forgive myself for not loving me because I'm not these things. I am perfect as I am 100% of the time even when I'm egotistic, even when I'm forgetting all this. I love and accept myself. Deep breath. We become egotistical because we're afraid of not being enough. And if it's safe to not be enough, 
we can drop that. Just one of the many billions of points of view. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have anything you would like to comment? Um, I. I know you, that's not necessarily your point of view, but that's okay to have more than one. Well, the idea of uh, getting yourself to a state of being away from the state of doing, the idea of becoming conscious as opposed to um, what passes for conscious, mm -hmm. okay, uh, is done through uh, meditation, I guess is my simplest answer and there. Healing. And, yeah, meditation and the idea of separating yourself from the noise long enough for the not noise to become what is common in our thinking as opposed to the constant chatter that goes on in our mind. And so that process can be done um, by divine intervention. There's occasionally people are struck conscious just once in a while. Okay, Buddha has become enlightened. Is that what that shoe in the head, back of my head yesterday was? <laughs> uh, or the bullet, yeah, that whole concept of becoming uh, suddenly aware uh, and not of the noise, but aware of the fact that everything's all right. Aware of the idea that it's all on your side. Aware of the idea that there's no such thing as um, so many words in the language, there's no such thing as accident, no such thing as mistake, no such thing as late, no such thing as anything other than being. Well, there's so, many you paths. Can be, there's so many paths. You pads. can write an entirely different scenario for mm -hmm. yourself. Once you can be, you're separate from being separate, which yeah, I, I think agree. is really clever. Well, I'd like I, there, to separate from being separate. Well, there are many paths to this, and yeah. meditation is certainly one, but also the healing of the fear that holds you in the old thing. Personally, I don't like to, uh, let's say there's something in your way, and you move it, and then you walk, and then you walk back, and then you've got to move it around. We can just keep moving something around or walking away from it or evading it, it, or we could actually look at it. And not everybody is here in tune to really look at those feelings of not being good enough and mm -hmm. looking at some of their history that stops them. But I am, and so that's me. And you do it through meditation, and, and every way is okay, as long as you, uh, whatever rings true. And I know we are, here come the duck, here come the duck, here come the duck, here come the duck. Here's John. John gave us this beautiful cocopelli that is behind us which um, I think the waveform might be blocking it from that camera yeah, angle. I, didn't realize I got that. education, and really everything is education. I believe we do remember things, but personally I love learning new things as well, and so it's fun. And I got grace, which is the idea of just simply being. A, a, and a, letting other people be too is yeah, grace. Yeah, and too. so it doesn't have to be the competition that the ego generates. It doesn't have to be this insanity that's rampant throughout the world. Yeah. I agree. And you know, this is a very important thing because um, when 9-11 happened, neither one of us knew about it. We had to have uh, someone call us, Kevin in fact. Kevin in fact us, called us and told us. Yeah. Um, so when I heard about this, I said, this will not affect me. And as far as I can tell, it hasn't. 9-11 has not 
had effect, and this is the great power that we have. With this being, there comes an enormous power, and uh, apparently it makes the phone ring. So, hi, caller, what's your name, and what can we do for you? Hi, it's Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. What, what can we do for you? Um, this was a thing by your show, and um, thought we could get a reading. Oh, sure. Sure, I'd be most happy to. Okay. The first card we get is participation. And one of the messages from here is many hands make light work. And we often don't allow the forces of the universe and other people to assist us because we think that we have to share some of the power then. And it's really not that, that the case. That's why the best managers know how to delegate, but not how to remove themselves from it, but how to delegate but still be a part of it. And I feel like you're learning that in your life, how to start creating things in a more conscious way and in a more powerful way, and really starting to participate in your own life. And, and with it comes this integration of like the soul retrieval of the parts of us that we feel um, are stuck behind old things, old feelings, old beliefs, and bringing it back and uniting the yin and the yang. And I don't know if you are at a place in your life where either you're, you've just left a relationship or, or there's some kind of thing where I feel like you're building that relationship within yourself of the caretaker and the, the doer and the beer and all that, which I think is a wonderful place to be. And look, look at the result is you become the creator in your own life. And so all those cards were really talking about that. So it's a time of, of a lot of things. So pay attention to what you're thinking and what you're choosing in your life because now's a good time for them to actually happen. So thank you. Yeah. And the ego has quite an effect on what it is that we identify with. And we have another caller. Uh, just that we will identify with things that make us separate, like the past and the events of the past. Um, that's who we are. Our pain is who we are and our release from this primitive ego. Yeah, I see we, what you're we, saying. We make ourselves separate, but where my belief steps in there is we do that in order to be seen so that we can fully be embraced in the safety. So they're both yeah, true. But, and we have yeah, call. yeah, so the idea that that's possible without the mm -hmm. uh, way the ego works, without mm -hmm. going into the past. Well, to we'll have to do ego too next we week. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary Neville. It's uh, Greg. How are you? Oh, hi, Greg. Greg. Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, speaking of ego, a lot of people have called you uh, about relationships, uh, including myself, and uh, feeling rejected by another person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to realize, and, and with the help of your show, a lot of that's just the fear and, and ego. And it's, well, how am I... You know, not, how am I going to? Uh, I'm going to miss this person so much, and how, how am I going to survive without this person? Or, or why don't they want me in their life? And I guess the pr proof is, well, you are surviving, and and, and you and you are living, <laughs> and it is, I guess, just your ego that makes you say, well, w w I'm just as good as this other guy, or I'm better than this other other guy. Look what I've accomplished. Uh, what, you know, why him and and not me? But that's my ego. I, well, that's your ego attempting to pain. convince that you're yeah. convince you that you're good enough. Well, the ego is habituated to create pain. I mean, that does seem it is. I 
Greg, okay. do you agree the ego creates pain? Do oh, you well, see this? Well, I, I mean, I know that's what it's, what it's done for me. And once I've, once I've learned to release that and accept things how they are, which, it, which is perfect, uh, that just goes away. It, at least it, it, it has for me. It, 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 it's helped a lot. And, and the, yes, so the release of the ego, yes? It, and, right, exactly. And release of the fear. Then the ego shuts you're up. You're right, Mary. It's that. It's that. That's true too. It's that fear. It's that grief, or that and that fear, and and that and that can go away. And I know you've you've gotten a lot of calls over the years from mm -hmm. from people who are just coming from uh, a, a relationship that that's ended. And and yeah. both both of you have been, I think, very important to to a lot of people, including myself. So well, thank just, you. Just a, yeah. A quick thank thanks, you. and that was my comment. Oh, thank you so oh, much. Okay. That was, that was really, that okay. was very brilliant. Thank you. And, and, and that's such a good point, too, that it's really, if you think of the ego, this limitation, it takes you through that hell, let's say, to ascend you to a higher place. Because if you're in that, you're eventually going to love yourself, even though that woman doesn't love you. Yeah. You can only stay in there so long because it's not a real thing. Yeah, and it's also true that the call. pain becomes habituated and the pain then becomes normal and then you identify with it as in identifying with the past okay. as opposed to, you know, the Toltec teaching. The fear, fear out does of, become habit, but I tell yeah. you, the fear eventually will make it so hot for you, you'll, you'll step off of the fire. It really will. And, yes, and through that, you gain your wisdom that. to really get out of it, and you don't have to flee it anymore. But yeah. we have another call. And Okay. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name? And the facilitating hi. the release. Hi. Hi. My name is Jeanette, and I was wondering if I could get a reading from Mary. Sure. Be most happy to. Thanks, Jeanette. <coughs> I was just feeling all these images swimming around, kind of reminded me of my sister, so to speak. My sister is in spirit. I don't know if you have anybody close to you in spirit, but it felt like somebody sister-like that was just showing me lots of memories or something. And I don't know. That's just what came up when I picked this up. The Fool card is a lovely card. I know we call people Fool, but really the Fool is the king. Because the fool isn't afraid to just act and, like we were saying, to be the Forrest Gumpness of being, being in the moment. You can't be in the moment when you're afraid because the nature of fear makes you leap ahead into tomorrow. And that's when we start doing all these manipulations to attempt to make today safe. It's like you can't catch tomorrow's fish with today's worm if you're living outside of this moment. You can't make yourself safe. You have to wait till tomorrow to do that. And the fool is one who says, I'm just going to take a leap of faith and stay in the now. And sometimes when we make those decisions, it takes a little while to act out. And when it does act out, it gets rid of some of these people and circumstances in your life that are no longer serving you that were here harmonizing to your old belief system. So if that's happening to you now, that's okay. Don't worry, I place my attention on the faces of those walking toward me, not the rear ends of those walking away. And the friendliness card is that perfect relationship where you're the same color, but yet you're, you're your own unique color. And that, um, that can talk about a relationship coming into your life or a relationship that you're in becoming deeper. So enjoy. I always thought of having my name changed to mm -hmm. a Thousand Fools. I really like that name. And we have our next okay. caller. Hi, Thanks, caller. What's your fools. name, please? Hi, my name is Otelia. Hi. 
Um, I love the show. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if I could get a reading for Mary. Sure. I'd be most happy to. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to hang up. Okay. Thanks for calling. All right. And the first card we get, look, we got participation. You saw me shuffle these cards, guys. Okay. Participation, and that's really what tonight's all about, is everyone is participating. And there are the different views of the cup. And one of the things I feel here, I don't know if you've been taking care of someone recently or in the last five years or so, maybe someone that was ill or something like that. And, and whether it was a physical thing or it was an emotional thing, I feel like there, there has been a lot going on for you in that way. And one of the things that that's done for you is, is made you reach deeply within yourself. I feel every one of our experiences are here to serve us. And if we look at something as being a throwaway or a torture in our life, that then we have torturers and throwaway parts of us and we're going to deal with that. We see everything as being perfect. And I feel like some of the hardships that you've been through, quote unquote, have been there really helping you to find your, what the source is within you and that you are connected to it. And there's a great strength within you. And now, just like the phoenix rising out of the ashes, this is a time to really, really start embracing wonderful things. Because I'm just feeling like old heavy coats and everything just falling away and a time of a lot greater liberation and even some situations that may have made you feel imprisoned are going away. Okay. Like well, one? just the ego and its uh, complete ability to prevent satisfaction. <laughs> that, you know, people that are never satisfied are people that are being very much run by the belief that they're not allowed to be satisfied. Yeah, and the ego, per se. Okay. Because that it really is what that does. And we have another caller? We're all set? Okay. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays. And, oh, we just came back from oh, Serpent Mound We also. had such a wonderful time. Thanks to all those that came to the Serpent Mound with us, including two here. We had an incredible time. It was supernatural. There was just miracle after miracle, eagles flying by. Um, uh, and Dreamtime has been uh, accentuated very much since then, uh, at least in me. I'm uh, dreaming in a kind of fire different level of dreaming. Oh, yeah, this weekend, if you would like to come to our fire ceremony, please do email us that you're coming. And there's more information about it, too, and so the details. On, the, on telepathictv.com. I believe I have it posted. Yeah, so that it's possible We're gone. to. Yeah, so that it's possible for us to know. Uh, that you're coming, and um, the rest of the details are there. And we recently went through an eclipse, as I'm certain you know. And an eclipse is where um, the moon goes through all 28 phases in about two hours, three hours, something like that. So there is uh, certainly a, a transmogification, and the word's in the dictionary. It wasn't just Alvin and Cobbs making up things. That's actually in the dictionary. I like that word. Transmogification of time. It's a fine occurred. word and bears repeating. Yes, it does. Transmogification uh, and of time. And so you may have noticed um, being in and out of time differently over the last 48 hours, roughly. I know I have. Me too. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like, you know, you normally have this internal clock where, and once in a while you check it with the wall clock. And I have been off by two hours most of the last couple of days, two plus and two minus. So there has been a true transmogification of time, which is not an easy thing to do, because you have to get your transmoga and your facator all in one place. 
and then you got to, it's gasoline run until we get the new hydrogen run one. Then you got to start the thing. This is exactly what I was talking about, the kind of things women talk about and men talk about. And women talk a lot, right? <laughs> it's our joy and honor to take you to the door. Thank you.